This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. And good morning, good afternoon, welcome on board. It's the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network as we are all but one game away from putting Week 10 in the books and moving toward the second half of the season. We are in the last half of the NFL's calendar year, and what an exciting weekend it was on Sunday. Outcomes not as expected in many venues, but this is the NFL. And geez, if we haven't learned it by now, we never will learn it. The no figure league comes into effect again. Yesterday, the Vikings went on the road in overtime in what many are calling the game of the year in Buffalo. And locally, the Bears lose to the punchless Detroit Lions at Soldier Field. And even though this is not a year about wins and losses, that's one of those games that has to really haunt a Bears fan today because your team pissed it away on several occasions. And it is my responsibility, my civic duty, to relive some of that with you today and to go over with what, in my mind, are the most disturbing things about the outcome. And again, not so much just the loss, because the loss by itself really doesn't bother me. If anything, it gives the Bears a shot to leapfrog Detroit now in the draft order. But what is troublesome for me more than anything is when this team is expected to be good, some of the guys who currently have roster spots are going to expect it to be a part of that. And one of them is Jalen Johnson, the cornerback who had two hands-to-the-face personal foul penalties in the fourth quarter of yesterday's game, a fourth quarter that saw the Lions score 21 points, the pick six from Jeff Okuda off of Justin Fields, Uh, And Fields makes up for it with the long touchdown run, breaking his records at the previous week. But, uh, man, you, you have got to do better than that. Johnson with two really, really bad penalties late in the game. And, you know, the rookie Kyler Gordon also had a personal foul hitting Jared Goff out of bounds that, that gave the Lions additional yardage. Uh, but, He's a first-year player. Hopefully, he learns from that. Man, you got to get better than than what you're doing, Jalen Johnson. This is a guy now in year three, and he has one career interception. Get your hands on the ball, not the other guy's face. That's where they should be. I am extremely bothered by either the coaching staff or what Chase Claypool has been showing on the practice field, because for Claypool, 
to get only 19 snaps yesterday is very curious to me. I don't know why they continue to to shove Dante Pettis down the throats of Bears fans because it's or Equinemius St. Brown, who has been effective as a runner, but not so much as as a receiver. You have got to get Chase Claypool involved in what this team is doing offensively. And offensively for the Bears Sunday, man, it's a hats off performance one more time to their running game. The Bears lead the NFL in rushing, and they're running away and hiding with that award. They now have put their names um, in NFL immortality. They are the first team in league history to rush for 225 yards or more in five straight games. That is outstanding. That is winning, or, or that is, you know, moving the chains with your strengths being identified and deployed with consistently and unapologetically. 258 more rushing yards Sunday against Detroit. Justin Fields with 147 of them. Two touchdowns on the ground. He also threw for a couple of touchdowns, both of them to tight end Cole Komet. This should have been a Bears victory. They should have won this game. They had a chance, they had several chances to salt this puppy away and didn't do it. And that is also bothersome because some of these offensive linemen, especially Braxton Jones, the left tackle, who also had a penalty or two called on him yesterday, and he's not going to be perfect, especially as a first-year guy. He didn't play with a ton of composure late in the game, and uh, the Bears the Bears didn't move the chains when they needed to. They they scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. That Fields, you know, redemption song after the Okuda pick six, and then Cairo Santos botches the PAT. The same kicker who who kicked the ball out of bounds to set up Detroit at its own 40-yard line earlier in the second half. It was just a a really, really crappy outcome. This is the worst team in the NFL, arguably, although the Raiders may have something to say about that. And I want to get to Jeff Saturday's big debut yesterday in Sin City. I don't have a ton on around the league today, but that certainly is one of the things I want to get to. Detroit scores 21 fourth quarter points and dumps the Bears on defense. And it's unfortunate because from the very first play of the of the game, the Bears the Bears let their opponent and let the world know who they are. Fields gets out on the edge and seemingly effortlessly prancing 28 yards putting the Bears on the Lions side of the field the very next play is an Equinemius St. Brown run for a first down. The Bears are at the Detroit 15, but they call a run, an inside run, on third and 14 from the Lions 19 rather than taking a shot. Yeah, I'm a guy who likes points when I can get them, and no, I don't want Fields taking a sack or throwing an interception there. So you're thinking way too conservatively, At this point in the game, you're moving the chains. I know you want the points, but not just three. At least take a shot at the end zone or at least try to have the difference. And on third and 14, 
at the Detroit 19. Luke Getze calls an inside run for David Montgomery, and that drew applause from the broadcast booth. The city at Mark Sanchez on Fox, and I've never liked Mark Sanchez, and I'll tell you what did it for me was the Hard Knocks episode when he was a Jets quarterback, and they have behind the scenes in the quarterback's room Matt Cavanaugh, who used to be a Bears assistant and was a longtime Baltimore assistant as well. In fact, he still may be floating around on an NFL staff somewhere. I, I suppose he is. Uh, was trying to talk to Sanchez, and Sanchez is busy looking at text messages on his phone. He's scrolling through his phone for messages and not even listening to his positional coach. What an arrogant bastard. I've never liked him since that. You respect your coach. Put down the damn phone. Talk to your positional coach. Don't be too cool for the room. But he he applauds the call from Luke Getze, and he says sometimes you got to protect your quarterback from himself. This is called growth, man. You're not about protecting him from what you need to do with fields is take the MF and training wheels off. You know, how many passes did he attempt yesterday? 20 again. He was 12 out of 20 for 167 yards, two touchdowns. The only pick was the Okuda interception return for a score. He's not going to get better as a passer by only throwing 20 times a game. You're playing Detroit, you're at home. You've scored more than 30 points. You're averaging, I should say, more than 30 points in your last three games. And you're going to kick out, you're going to play conservatively and play for three points on your very first series against a team whose coach had yet to win a road game in his NFL career. That's right. Dan Campbell, Mr. Hard Knocks, wins his first career road game as headmaster of the Lions yesterday. So Bears fans, how does that feel this morning? As if you needed more insult uh, to the injuries sustained in a 31-30 loss to the punching bag Lions. The Bears fall to 3-7. and seven. The Lions are 3-6. and six. So after the Bears take that 3 to nothing lead, Detroit evens it right up, three aside, a seven minutes plus 15 play drive. But the Bears are going to answer again. They, they're they going to respond. A nice kick return from Khalil Herbert to the Bears' 49-yard line. First play, a nine-yard gain. Fields to Dante Pettis. Fields to Komet for a nice game. They're in second and one. And that's something the Bears did well yesterday. They were in second and short yardage all day. They really had a nice, nice time getting themselves into manageable downs. And on defense, on occasion, they gave up big plays on what were manageable third downs. The Lions converted a third and 15 early second quarter when Jared Goff found Khalif Raymond for a 22-yarder with absolutely no pass rush on him whatsoever. And that's another problem. That There are two huge problems with this Bears defense right now. The biggest one is the absence of turnovers. Yesterday's loss to Detroit marked the second straight week the Bears went without a turnover. At the end of the first half, Goff threw up a Hail Mary, and Eddie Jackson seemed pissed at a teammate 
that he didn't come up with the pick because the other guy was trying to knock the ball down as well. And he kind of looks at, look, worrying about his statue. You go to the effing locker room, happy to be, you know, you're 10, 10. Okay. You gotta, you're not playing for your stats. He shook his hands and his head at the guy. And so he doesn't hang on to it. Uh, the great Jack Sanborn who had two sacks yesterday had a pick, but that was negated from a penalty in the second half. So another week without a turnover for the bears and very, very little pressure on the quarterback. Goff was way too comfortable all day yesterday. He barely got dirtied. Jared Goff, 19 out of 26, 236 passing yards, one touchdown. He was sacked a couple of times for eight yards. The Bears stopped the run. Detroit, not a great running team, and the Bears stopped it. Detroit rushed the ball 31 times for 95 yards with a long run of only 13, but not enough pressure on Goff. Amon Ross St. Brown had a nice game. He didn't score a touchdown, but targeted 11 times. He caught 10 passes for 119 yards. He runs a deep in route to the Bears' 10-yard line to set up Detroit's go-ahead touchdown in the second quarter, and it's 10-3. But the Bears got it right back, 10-10, right before halftime. Fields, a one-yard touchdown scramble that capped a really nice 17-play drive, 85 yards. It ate up seven and a half minutes of possession time. So 10-10 is the halftime score, and what a first half. Oh, my boasted Kevin Kugler on Fox. Kevin Kugler. This is where we're at in 2022. This is where the Bears are at. You get Cougs and you get Mark Sanchez. Get off your phone. Third quarter. Detroit does nothing. First series. Bears score on the subsequent series. The big play, a third and five completion. Fields to Darnell Mooney to the Detroit 33. Fields to commit for nine yards. And again, you're in short yardage. You're in second and short. Bears enjoyed short yardage most of the day yesterday. Uh, Komet's touchdown reception on a little delay route. He faked like it was a run. He was going to run block, and then he slipped into an open space in the end zone. Fields got it to him. Bears take a 17-10 lead midway through the third quarter. And then with four minutes left in the third quarter, the Bears are leading 17-10. They have a couple of nice runs by Khalil Herbert, a 50-yard TD strike to commit, and it's 24-10 Chicago. Three minutes left in the third quarter. The Detroit Lions are on the ropes. They are a lousy football team defending the run. They're 31st in the NFL against the run. And the NFL's best rushing team now has a two-touchdown lead against it. They're up on the Lions by two scores. And all they have to do is salt away 18 minutes, whether it's via Fields, Herbert, or the all-but-forgotten David Montgomery. Well, Cairo Santos boots the ball out of bounds. That sets up the Lions at their 40. They don't do anything with it, but there was the first gift the Bears were willing to show the Lions as, as, as their willingness to be hospitable hosts continues with the 40 yard start, 40 yard line start for Detroit. 
uh, and the Lions have a bad punt. There's a bad punt. Bears get the ball at their own 20-yard line, and they do nothing with it. They can't move the chains. They get gifts from Bears defenders on their next series, as I mentioned earlier, because it, it needed to be mentioned up top and not chronologically. The hands-to-the-face penalties on Johnson were killers. And the asinine hit out of bounds by Gordon was huge. You put Detroit right back in this thing. The Bears had nine penalties on the day. I I think at least four of them were in the fourth quarter. That's way too many penalties. This is how you measure a coaching staff. And I'm encouraged by early returns. Ten games into this 17-game schedule, I think there's a lot to like about Matt Eberflus. There's a lot to like about Luke Getze, who handles the offense. But penalties come into a coach's grade, and they've had way too many. You know what else coaches get grade for? Takeaways. And that was Eberflus's big rep coming from Indianapolis. The mighty Colts. They had more takeaways than any team in the league in 2021. Got to get this guy. Where are they? Where are they? He had no takeaways yesterday. He had no takeaways against the Dolphins. Certainly lots of opportunities. Miami threw it all over the yard. No picks. No fuffs. No forced fumbles. The Bears' last takeaway was uh, an Eddie Jackson interception of Dak Prescott in the Bears' highly celebrated 49-29 to 29 loss. Are they? Are we done with that now as a city? I, I don't live in the city. In fact, I don't even live in the state. I live in Indiana. There's a lot of days when I really like that. There's a lot of days when I really don't. But the thing is, are the Bears fans, are you going to celebrate another moral victory today? Is it a moral victory chicken Monday for you? Boy, I sure hope not. Because you're seeing some of these guys who have to be a part of the Bears when they get good do stupid shit late in games when it matters most. 33 and 9 yesterday in the uh, in the fourth quarter. And the backup tight end who had a false start. You know, and that's something else I'm seeing around the league, not just with the Bears. These false start penalties especially from receivers or running backs are just not acceptable. You, there is never a reason for a wide receiver, I, never, to false start. That is the dumbest thing a receiver can do, is false start. I, just, you're killing your team that way, and, and you're just way too penalty-ridden, these Bears. Tail of the tape, um, impressive. The Bears running attack. I can't say enough good things about how exciting it is to see a team that will just knock the crap out of you. And I know a lot of it's because of fields, but that doesn't mean the Bears aren't potent with Herbert and Montgomery, sadly in that order, because I think Montgomery's a better football player, Um, certainly much better in protection. They don't trust Herbert in production. Fields rushed it 13 times for 147 yards and a couple more touchdowns. Herbert had 10 carries for 57 yards. Montgomery, nine carries for 37 yards. The Bears should probably 
I'm splitting verbs here, probably should start finding out what they have in Ebner, the number three running back. If you're not going to give Montgomery a new contract next year, find out if Tristan Ebner is anything worth hanging on to. I know they have a ton of picks. They do have draft capital. They could pick some guy in the fourth round who probably would would be serviceable enough. But I'd find out what I already have on the roster. You, you need to do that. If, 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 if you've already made up your minds, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, that Montgomery is history, then find out what Ebner can do. Bears only have a couple of sacks yesterday. Bears not making turnovers. Those are huge tail-of-the-tape deficits for Chicago. Just can't get it done that way. And Chase Claypool targeted twice. One catch for eight yards. He said recently, and I gave him a ton of crap for this, and he had it coming. I'm glad somebody locally at least saw this, and others were busy building the Justin Fields bust for Arlington Heights. They need to get that done before they break ground, don't they? Um, Claypool recently commented he's a top five receiver in the league. Man. Don't say that shit. <laughs> just, just don't say it. The best receiver on the Bears team lately has been Komet, the tight end. He was targeted a team high seven times Sunday. Caught four of them, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, the long one, the 50-yarder. Very exciting. Good to see big play potential out of that position. And the Bears finally are starting to get something out of a second-round pick uh, from three years ago, now in his third season with the Bears. Trevon Wesco was targeted once. Just got to get him mentioned. Want to get Trevon Wesco uh, just because he here in playing time yesterday, he got a couple of quarters in toward his 20 he needs to earn a varsity letter this year. Uh, it's Claypool who needs to be getting uh, getting more action. And we did have a Byron Pringle sighting Sunday. He caught one pass for 12 yards. Very unimpressed with the Bears uh, fourth quarter. Very unimpressed with their composure. That's on a coaching staff. Penalties fall on the coaches. Yes, the players have to play. But when you have collective lapses in concentration and keeping it together between the ears, at some point, you got to say, Coach, what are you doing with these guys? What are you teaching these idiots? Knock it off already. Knock it off. So congratulations to the Lions. I had the over in the game, but I had uh, I had the Bears. <laughs> yes, I did. Don't bet the Bears as a favorite. Uh, and I had more on the Bears than I did on the total. So uh, I, I lost a little bit more than I won. Fortunately, I had the Tennessee Titans yesterday as they eked one out. So I had a two-in-one Sunday. Uh, I'm probably going to invest in the Eagles tonight, although I think the number is is way too big. Maybe I'll do a prop play, and I still have to get busy on what I believe to be the best futures bet for the postseason awards. If you missed Friday's pie or Thursday's podcast, dropped on Thursday this past week, I was talking about how Christian McCaffrey of the 49ers I think is an excellent value pick right now for comeback player of the year. He's 16 to 1. At least he was going into the weekend. I didn't check it yet today. He was underwhelming for the 49ers last night, even though they muscled out a win 
over Brandon Staley, the goofball, and his Chargers last night. Hard to believe the Chargers still have a winning record. You know, it's like it seems like they lose every time they're on television. But uh, I also think Derrick Henry, who didn't have a monster day yesterday, is a real good play for comeback winner. He's 13 to 1. Geno Smith of the Seahawks is the favorite, followed by Saquon Barkley. Um, who probably his his odds are going to change today too because he had another nice day yesterday. Let me quickly go around the league for the biggest stories in the NFL yesterday. I, I don't have a ton on every game in the country, but the bigger games yesterday included Green Bay getting off the schneid as the Packers snapped their losing streak at five. They clipped the Cowboys at Lambeau Field in overtime 31-28. to is the final score there. Great shot of former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy. Not a fan favorite in Green Bay. Most people sided with Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, in the McCarthy-Rodgers perceived feud. Maybe now they're reconsidering that, but I think a lot of Packers fans, at least the ones I know, Happy to see Mike McCarthy disgusted with himself and at the outcome yesterday, throwing his headsets into the ground. As uh, as Aaron Rodgers just plays uh, junior varsity football and uh, and feeds the ball into the guts of his running backs all day, Packers win ugly in overtime, and the Cowboys come back down to earth a little bit. That's where the Bills already had been living on earth because they recently lost to the Jets, and Sunday they lose in overtime to the Vikings. Man, this was a wild game. Lots of back and forth and some of the most amazing catches you ever will see in a football game at any level done by one guy, and that's Justin Jefferson, number 83 of, uh, I'm sorry, number 17 of the Minnesota Vikings. This dude is really, really good in case you haven't noticed. And I think I was right. I think he is 83, and I'm not going to bother to check right now. I've been up since 3 o'clock this morning pouring over a second watch of the Bears and Lions. But Jefferson yesterday, uh, with a one-handed, fully extended catch, when he was being defended perfectly, and when you think of where where Cousins put a few of those balls yesterday to set up remarkably outstanding catches. No one else gets, no one else can catch him, but his guy, if his guy is capable of making a fantastic catch. And on occasion yesterday, they were able to do that. Jefferson and the Vikings do what I didn't think they were going to get done. They win in Buffalo. They've won back-to-back road games. That is hard to do in the NFL. I don't know if anybody is taking the Vikings seriously yet. Uh, I, I know I am not. I am I, Maybe they not until they go 16-1 and one will I take Minnesota seriously. But uh, the Bills are a team I thought would be on the bounce back yesterday, and that was not the case. And Josh Allen... Played very hard, played out of his mind at times, and uh, and they found a little bit of a running game in Devin Singletary. I bitch about the guy when he sucks. Let's say something nice about him when he gets in the end zone a couple of times. Okay, Devin Singletary, go get your Dairy Queen. You lost, but you played a little bit better. The Chiefs pounded the Jaguars yesterday. The score didn't really indicate it. It's 17-7. Kansas City continues cruising. Jeff Saturday is unbeaten as head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And what does it say about the coaching profession? When a guy can go 
from drawing up plays for youth football programs in the Deep South and uh, occasionally doing things for ESPN and go right to the NFL sideline and go on the road and win. What does it say about about the profession? And Jeff Saturday's play caller had no experience. They threw this staff together on the fly, almost like, you know, if you were to suggest the Colts really want the top draft pick, so they're just going to hire guys off this year, it wouldn't be that far-fetched than just hiring your mailman or hiring your plumber to do that. Yes, Saturday played in the league 14 years, went to the playoffs 12 times, very highly decorated player, very good at his position. I don't think a Hall of Famer, but in the Hall of very, very good. In the Colts' ring of honor, that's that's his his apogee as in terms of awards and decorations should go. But uh, they go to the, the Raiders yesterday and beat him, and Derek Carr cried after the game, talking about how much their bodies they put themselves through very emotional. He feels bad for Josh McDaniels because Josh has never, he's accomplished so much more than he had. And it was just a really odd post-game uh, news conference from Derek Carr. If you haven't seen it, check it out. You'll you'll find it interesting. The Dolphins continue to put a lot of points on the board and uh, are good enough defensively to beat Cleveland yesterday, 39 to 17 is the score there, and Tua Tagliaviola suddenly is starting to look like an MVP candidate. He was 11 to 1 going into the weekend before those odds changed too much. Jump in at Bet Rivers, and you could cash in big. Last night, 49ers over the Chargers, 22 to 16. Both teams are 5 and 4. Uh, it was not an artful game, to say the least, and the Chargers who have nobody healthy at the receiver position. Uh, they, they're they're fortunate to be in this as much as they were. And shame on the 49ers for not smelling blood and kicking the crap out of them more they did. I thought the, the L.A. Chargers were ripe for the picking last night, and it was on the road, too. The 49ers are hosting that game in Santa Clara, and they should have blown the doors off of L.A., but they didn't do it. Uh, Austin Eckler is targeted a team high 12 times for the Chargers. That's how uh, eviscerated their roster is at the wide receiver position. Cardinals over the Rams yesterday, 27-17. to 17. Colt McCoy was a winner yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. Neither quarterback, Kyler Murray nor Matthew Stafford, played for those NFC West punching bags. If you hadn't done so already, you can do it today. You can put the toe tag on the St. Louis Rams. They are are the uh, Los Angeles Rams. They're done for the year. The Giants, however, are not. They continue their winning ways. They beat the Texans 24-16 to yesterday. Saquon Barkley, another big day. In uh, Germany yesterday morning early, the Buccaneers staved off. I love that. Staved off the Seahawks 21-16. to I didn't see any of the game yesterday. Buccaneers offense looks like it's pretty remedial. Whatever they do in terms of succeeding right now is going to be banked on how much pressure they get after the opposing passer because their defense is pretty good, and the Seahawks learned that yesterday. Steelers over the Saints 20-10. to Who cares? And uh, the Titans beat Russell Wilson's Broncos. 17-10 to was the final in that one yesterday. Philadelphia. 
The unbeaten Eagles of Nick Sirianni, Sirianni looking to bump their record to a perfect 9-0 and tonight on Monday Night Football against the Washington Commanders. Everything's Heineke when you got Taylor Heineke. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm going to be back on Thursday, late morning, early afternoon to preview the 11th week of the NFL season. Wishing you a great week. Stay warm, man. It's frosty out there today. It's slippery over there, and it's frosty out there. Make sure you get the hoses off of your house if you haven't done so already. Those of you who don't live in filing cabinets downtown and actually have your own house, get the garden hoses off the sides of your houses uh, or house or houses if you have more than one, so they don't freeze up and the pipes wind up bursting and costing you a lot of money and having a lot of water damage sometime in the spring. You don't need that. I'm Danny Mac. Thank you for listening. Thanking Adam Delavitt, Baby Capone from Bet Rivers, and my producer, Sam Michael, for helping out. Back Thursday, enjoy the Monday nighter and enjoy your week. Tail lights for now.